we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing. Welcome to Gabbing. Gabbing. With Gracie. And Heather. I am taking a break from the wine because my wonderful, wonderful friend, Michelle, made limoncello. And so I have, I made myself a whole little craft. Cello. And I've drank half already and we're just starting. <laughs> they're, they're really good. Uh-huh. I had some when I was in Italy for my good friend's wedding and I brought some back and I, I yeah, I drank the whole bottle. Of course. What else yeah. am I going to do? It's only right. Salute. Cheers. What are you drinking tonight? The same thing I have every night, Heather. Oh my gosh, that sounds... I do not drink every night, everyone. No. Once a week. Once a week. Artigiano again. Rosato, the plain label. Simple nice. label, not plain. Yeah. This week, we'll be discussing chapters 43 through 46, if it's all in one giant book. Or if it's broken down by volumes, it's going to be volume three, chapters one through four. That's right. And man, oh man, it's getting good. She has hit the fan. Yeah. Well, where we left off is that they're in Lambton. Yes. And they are five miles from Pemberley. And they decide that the next morning they're going to go visit Pemberley because Elizabeth doesn't think that any of the Darcy's are home. That's right. So we start this volume and this chapter with Elizabeth as they drove along, watched for the first appearance of Pemberley Woods with some perturbation. And when at length they turned in the lodge, her spirits were in a high flutter. The park was very large and contained great variety of ground. They entered it in one of the lowest points and drove for some time through a beautiful wood stretching over a wide extent. And it goes on. But I wanted to point out that last week, I believe we mentioned that Pemberley, there's some argument over if it's inspired by Chatsworth. And the people that say that it is say that that description as like you're entering the property describes how Chatsworth is. Mm-hmm. So then it has to be it. But then other it. people argue like, why would it be Chatsworth if they're mentioning Chatsworth is an actual like place that they could go visit? Who cares? <laughs> if Jay Knights care. <laughs> <laughs> Who's arguing this? Like, is it the non-Jay Knights or the... I think they're all Jay Knights. People just have their theories. Like, some people think it is. Some people... I would... I I'm would not love... sure what's the hot take. I don't know I... which is the hotter take. <laughs> I personally would love to know, like, this is it. And, like, I'm here. This is what Jane saw. Yeah. And that's that. We'll have to ask Jane. It's on our list. Oh, my goodness. I never thought I'd want to talk to a dead person so much in my whole entire life. But I wonder if it actually is inspired by her brother's house, which is, I forget what his house, his estate was called. Because I don't remember if we talked about this during an episode. I don't think we did. I think we were talking about it with the documentary I was telling you about, which I still need to send you. But her one brother lived on a great estate. And at one point, her and her mother and her sister, Cassandra, went and moved into a cottage on that estate. And it kind of reminded me of A Sense and Sensibility. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why Pemberley just wouldn't be inspired by that. Maybe it's too different from that estate. 
we are not Janites. <laughs> no, we are not Janites. We're just trying to figure things out as we go along. So don't come after me if you're a Janite and you have a very different opinion of what I'm just doing. We're right just now. again, we're just figuring things out as we go along here. Yeah, we're thinking out loud. Yes, yes. <laughs> but one day Jane will tell us, and but we will like all she, be up at peace. Yeah. So many things about her personal life you can see in her work. So why wouldn't that be one of them? I guess is what I'm thinking. It it's a valid question. Yeah. I don't know. Any historians or Janites have kind opinions about this? Yes, I was gonna say don't butcher us. <laughs> you could tell us we're wrong, but explain why. I'd be interested to know because I yes. really I really don't know too much about her brother's estate other than it was a grand estate and it was he inherited through the Knight family and that they lived <laughs> on the cottage. <laughs> when I said the Knight family, I was like, I wonder if Mr. Knightley is named after I, did the- <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, my mind went to Emma also. <laughs> and maybe that house and that estate is inspired more by her brothers. I don't know. I'm just talking out. My mouth you right had now. a lot of limoncello. Mm-hmm. They call her mellow yellow. <laughs> We're unhinged already. Okay. They arrive at Pemberley. Elizabeth is just overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the whole situation as she's going in there. Like she, it said that she saw and admired every remarkable spot. Like there's just, this is probably the nicest place that she's ever been to in her life. Probably. They were all of them warm in their admiration, and at that moment she felt that to be mistress of Pemberley might be something. Hell yeah. Her thoughts are already leading to yeah. what it would have been, as she said yes. Oh, but it does, it goes into more where this goes back to how people argue that it describes Chatsworth is they descended the hill, crossed the bridge, and drove to the door. So, like, everything about, like, the entrance in, apparently, is how you would drive into Chatsworth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's an asterisk there. Elizabeth's reaction to Pemberley may owe something to Harriet Byron's delight in finding herself mistress of Grandison Hall in Samuel Richardson's Sir... Charles Grandison. Oh, my dearest, dearest grandmama, here I am, the declared mistress of the spacious house and the happiest of human creatures. And there's another asterisk, which I failed to notice. I don't know why. The house and grounds at Pemberley open on the reader as do on Elizabeth, as a beautiful scene designed according to the late 18th century principle of taste in landscape gardening. The emphasis on natural features improved by man without any artificial appearance reflects a century of discussion following Pope's advice in the epistle to Richard Boyle, Earl of Burlington, 1731. To build, to plant, if this is quotes, to build, to plant, whatever you intend, to rear the column or the arch to bend, to swell the terrace or to sink the grot, and all let nature never be forgot, end quote, etc., etc. So I guess that was the thing for that era to add on to what's already there. No, that makes sense because, I mean, you think of all these, like, what do you think of, especially nowadays when you think of, like, these grand estates, you think of the gardens. Mm -hmm. Like, I know around me, because I'm in Pennsylvania, we have, like, these different gardens and stuff like Chanticleer Gardens is one that's outside of Philadelphia where it's, it's these beautiful gardens and it was, like, 
a rich family's estate and the house is, well, one of the houses is still there. I think there are three houses, but one of them is still there, but nobody goes to see the house. They go because these gardens are amazing. So that's how people kind of showed off their wealth. All right. Where were we? We're like two paragraphs in. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. We got to set it up because this is the beginning of volume three. This is the beginning. Going to Pemberley. This is going to Pemberley, and this is this is the ascension into Pemberley and the descension of Pemberley, and how all the craziness starts from there. Yeah. Well, they get to the actual house, and they meet Mrs. Reynolds, who's the housekeeper, and she does confirm that the Darcys are not there, but they're coming tomorrow. So she's like, "Oh my gosh, thank God!" I just missed them. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything about the tour that you wanted to point out. Well, just how Mrs. Reynolds just speaks very highly of Darcy. She loves Darcy. She can do no wrong. Yes. And her aunt is just like surprised. Yeah. Like this is not. Yeah. This is not what we heard. And if, if I'm not mistaken, her aunt asked her smilingly how she liked it. Did her aunt ask her like oh or mention oh this is very different from what we have heard she says that to elizabeth at one point right She's like, okay this, okay, this okay. is this kind of description of him does not jive with she didn't say jive but i'm paraphrasing doesn't jive with what we know about how right. he treated mr wickham so bad and mrs reynolds is not a fan of wickham she's known them both since they were little boys and i think she even says something about like the nature mm-hmm. of someone you can mm-hmm. tell when they're little and yes. even as a small child mr darcy was like the best of children yes she and noticed she, that yeah. if he were what was it oh my goodness gracious i feel like i'm, I'm all over the place it. right now me too she gets very excited and animated when she finds out that elizabeth knows mr darcy mm-hmm. and i think there's i like how she says i do not know who is good enough for him being Mr. Darcy. Yeah, when they ask him, like, oh, don't you wish he would get married so that mm-hmm. you could see him more? Because she that's, like, her one thing she says, that she doesn't get to see him enough. She says, Mrs. Reynolds, I have never had a crossword from him in my life, and I have known him ever since he was four years old. There you go. And she says, responding to Mr. Gardner, Yes, sir. I know I am in terms of being lucky yeah. and having him as a master. If I was to go through the world, I could not meet with a better. But I have always observed that they who are good natured when children are good natured when they grow up. And he was always the sweetest tempered, most generous hearted boy in the world. There you go. So they're like, what is this account? Mm-mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you said it and I read it. This fine account, this fine account of him, whispered her aunt as they walked, is not quite consistent with his behavior to our poor friend. There you go. Perhaps we might be deceived. Damn straight. Mm -hmm. Well, she knew that, obviously. Yeah, Lizzie knows that. She just doesn't want to say anything. No, she does. She cannot say anything. Cannot say anything. And then we learn that he's a good brother to Mrs. Darcy. Mm-hmm. gives her anything that would give her a smile and then they wind up going to the portrait room oh yeah that's where they see a 
a fine portrait of Mr. Darcy. Mm -hmm. At last it arrested her, and she beheld a striking resemblance of Mr. Darcy with such a smile over the face as she remembered to have sometimes seen when he looked at her. Woo! <laughs> but we're I not even it. at the juicy part yet i know i know i know there's an asterisk do you want me to read that yeah read the asterisk and then we'll go on let's to the see. outside part let's see what that asterisk is about Ooh, striking resemblance that one the smile suggests a benevolent image of a present master and perhaps a more informal pose in keeping with contemporary fashions in portraiture etc etc very nice i like my asterisks if i would only remember them I love anything that's annotated. So they do the tour of the house and they go outside to meet the gardener so that he can take her around the grounds. And boom, <laughs> Gracie's dancing. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, where's the part? I want to read that part. As they walked across the lawn towards the river, Elizabeth turned back to look again. Her uncle and aunt stopped also. And while the former was conjecturing as to the date of the building, the owner of it himself suddenly came forward from the road which led behind it to the stables. Boom. Shall we keep reading? Go for it. They were within 20 yards of each other, and so abrupt was his appearance that it was impossible to avoid his sight. Their eyes instantly met, and the cheeks of each were overspread with the deepest blush. He absolutely started, and for a moment seemed immovable from surprise, but shortly recovering himself, advanced towards the party and spoke to Elizabeth, if not in terms of perfect composure, at least of perfect civility. I wish we had more of his perspective. Like, can you imagine? He probably thought he wasn't going to see her again, ever. 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 And then shes he probably thought he was, like, hallucinating. She just appears at his house? What the heck? Yes. Elizabeth, here? Like... And it's so, so my Mr. Darcy blushing, Mr. Darcy blushing. My whole take on this is like, of course, she's here. I need to embrace this moment and I'm going to do what I got to do. And he jumped in and he acted yeah. like the gentleman that he actually is. Yeah. Well, he's at home. This is his turf. He gets to show off. He's not, he doesn't have other people around except for like the gardeners who he like, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But like, yeah, he's got every advantage. He doesn't have to worry about Miss Bingley. We'll get Cock to her blocking. later. Cock blocking. Yet self-sabotaging. Yes. We'll get to that later. Now you're choking from the oh, alcohol. I, I just read one of my notes. I wrote, they walk around the estate while Lizzie has an internal meltdown. <laughs> Basically. And that like where like where do you start for her to understand? They're talking about Mr. and Mrs. Gardner express their admiration of his figure. But Elizabeth heard not a word and wholly engrossed by her own feelings, followed them in silence. She was overpowered by a shame and vexation. Her coming there was the most unfortunate, most 
ill-judged thing in the world. How strange must it appear to him? In what a disgraceful light might it not strike so vain a man? It might seem as if she had purposely thrown herself in his way again. Oh, why did she come? Or why did he thus come a day before he was expected? Had they been only ten minutes sooner, they would have been beyond the reach of his discrimination, for it was plain that he was that moment arrived, that moment alighted from his horse or his carriage. She blushed again and again over the perverseness of the meeting, and his behavior so strikingly altered. What could it mean that he should even speak to her was amazing, but to speak with such civility, to inquire after her family, never in her life had she seen his manner so little dignified, never had he spoken with such gentleness as on this unexpected meeting. What a contrast did it offer to his last address in Rosings Park, when he put his letter into her hand. She knew not what to think, nor how to account for it. I was trying to read it as fast as it was going in her head. (laughs) Yeah, because she was like manic. She was like, oh my god. Meanwhile, he's over there being like, oh my god, thank god, I have another chance. I'm gonna like do this. Yeah, Yeah, what can I do? How should I approach? And and she's like, he thinks I'm a lunatic that's showing up at his place. I'm stalking him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so he shows up, they talk very briefly, and then he rushes off to the house. And And she has her internal meltdown. Yeah, she has her internal meltdown. And he's like, boom, I'm back. And she was hoping he wouldn't. Like, she was hoping he was going down a different road to go through the woods or whatever, a different path. And nope. No, he came back and he wanted to meet her friends. Yes. And then she's like, oh my gosh, he's going to think so lowly of them because they're in trade, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But this is Darcy. He's going to do his thing. He's going to show her that she misunderstood him. Well, did she really misunderstood him? Because he did diss the whole entire family. Yeah. But... <laughs> He's putting it aside. Well, and he really didn't diss her them. and Jane. That well, he is kind of Jane. He just changed in a different way. Yeah, he did. We don't, we don't forgive him for what he did to Jane. No, definitely not. But the but, rest of the family, we feel it. To be fair, yes, he is trying to do better because he doesn't know Mr. and Mrs. Gardner's situation. And he was surprised to see that Mr. Gardner was quite the gentleman. Well-educated, yeah. well-spoken. Mm-hmm. They become BFFs. They do. And I'm just, I feel like, well, why? Oh, oh she says... He takes them now for people of fashion. I was like, yeah, and it's probably more like he doesn't necessarily care about your your station in life, but he cares how you act, and that's the difference with her family. They act a fool. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, Heather. Yes, who wants that class? Not that get trash. Yeah, well. There is trash with money. There is trash with money. You are absolutely right there. Oh, my goodness. I never had thought about it that way. It's just coming out of my brain. My brain is flowing. (laughs) She's surprised that he's so nice to the gardeners, but he he is. Like, he's like, oh, let's walk around. Like, come back and go fishing. Like, we'll go fishing tomorrow. Me and you. We're buddies now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she finds out that the Bingleys are all coming with Miss Georgiana, his sister, in the morning. And he makes a point of being like, Georgiana really wants to meet you. Yes. And get to know you. Like, can you do me that honor? So, Yes. Girl, you in. You are in. Like, he's talked you up to his sister. Yeah. He doesn't have to. 
He doesn't have to talk her up to anyone. Especially since he doesn't think that she's ever going to see him again. Right. But, like, it makes you think, when did he talk about her? That's true. He could have been sitting there when he was writing letters and stuff at Netherfield. He could have been talking about her the whole time. Mm -hmm. Miss Bingley's thinking that she's in those letters, but it's Lizzie the whole time. I'm surprised Miss Bingley didn't try to read any of those letters. I guess she has some self-control. That's a really valid point. But if she didn't write the letters, he still could have spoken to Georgiana about Lizzie whenever they had an opportunity to be alone. Because I have a feeling that Miss Bingley was all over the place. Yeah, and that, you know, that's true because he went to London at Christmas time and he didn't go to Rosings until March. So there was like, Three months. And you know what, uh, Gracie? They should have their own home in town. They're not going to yeah. stay with the Bingleys. You assume that, yeah, that she was in London with <laughs> Mrs. Ansley. But anyway, we haven't met her yet. But, like, yeah, you presume that Miss Georgiana and Mrs. Ansley are in London. <laughs> and so he probably spent, like, three months with them. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Gardner are very impressed with him. Yeah, they really like him. Mr. Gardner says he is perfectly well-behaved, polite, and unassuming. And Mrs. Gardner said there is something a little stately in him, to be sure, but it is confined to his air and is not unbecoming. I can now say with the housekeeper that though some people may call him proud, I have seen nothing of it. And they're, and they're actually trying to figure out what's going on between them, too, because there's something going on between them, That's two. what I was just looking at. Is that in this chapter? Because I thought I had it written down. Because, yeah, I... they're like, they're like, he's, oh, no, wait, I think it's the next chapter. Uh, okay, I will believe you because I do not recall. Yeah, it is the next chapter, I'm pretty sure. Because it has to do with Miss Georgiana more so than oh. his oh, actions that yes. make her think that. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, Faulty Nora Wickham's as they had been considered in Hertfordshire and confirmation of this related the particulars of all the pecuniary transactions in which they had been connected without actually naming her authority but stating it to be such as might be relied on. So I think this is when she talks about Wickham to them but not in detail about how oh yeah isn't who they thought he was. Yeah, because she can't outright say what Darcy told her. Mm-hmm. Because it was in confidence, but she's like, yeah, I think we might have been deceived by him. Yes, yes. And Mrs. Garner is surprised and concerned. And that's that. Okay. Yeah. All right, we can move on. So next is chapter 44 or volume three, chapter two. And so it is settled that Mr. Darcy will bring his sister to visit the very day after reaching Pemberley. So they're at Pemberley. The next day, Georgiana's coming to visit, like arriving. The day after that is when she's supposed to go to town to visit Elizabeth. But Georgiana arrives the next morning and they end up just going. I think straight they have like there. a bite to eat and then they go straight to go meet Lizzie. So. Mm-hmm. They saw a gentleman and a lady in a curricle driving up the street. Elizabeth immediately recognizing the livery guessed what it meant and imparted no small degree of surprise to her relations by acquainting them with the honor which she expected. Her 
uncle and aunt were all amazement and the embarrassment of her manner as she spoke joined to the circumstance itself and many of the circumstances of the preceding day opened to them a new idea on the business well then the next line is really important because it says nothing had ever suggested it before but they now felt that there was no other way of accounting for such attentions from such a quarter than by supposing a partiality for their niece. And so basically they're like, they, they're pretty sure that Darcy has feelings for her. Yes. They're not sure what yes. Lizzie's thinking, and let's but keep they're going to find out. Let's l- let me continue reading. Okay, while you continue while reading. these newly born notions were passing in their heads, the perturbation of Elizabeth's feelings was every moment increasing. She was quite amazed at her own discomposure, but amongst other causes of disquiet, she dreaded lest the partiality of the brother should have said too much in her favor, and more than commonly anxious to please, she naturally suspected that every power of pleasing would fail her. And this, in my notes, is where I put Lizzie equals hook, line, sinker. She's in. That's why I kept quiet. I wanted you to pick up the next sentence. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was too busy about the gardeners and what they were thinking. (laughs) (laughs) But I should have said something. Your turn is there for everyone to see, except no one was sure, including Lizzie herself. Although they were pretty sure about Darcy. Yes, but not her. Yeah, she was the only one that wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's thinking like, oh, I I treated him so illly. Why would he want to have anything to do with me? Like, I really... like mess this up she regrets how she treated him because she wasn't being fair she judged him too soon too you know so now she's got all the information now she has all the information but now she feels horrible because of how she treated him Mm -hmm. and she was was, i mean it was justified had he actually been a complete douchebag but he's actually the good guy yeah who's in love with her and we're going to learn this every chapter from now on. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I wrote down the description of Miss Darcy. And I always, like, thought of her. In my head, she was always smaller than Elizabeth. But this says Miss Darcy was tall and on a larger scale than Elizabeth. Yeah. And though little more than 16, her figure was formed and her appearance womanly and graceful. She was less handsome than her brother. But there was a sense of good humor in her face, and her manners were perfectly unassuming and gentle. I had also read that, and I was like, oh, because I'm envisioning, of course, Georgiana from the 1995 miniseries. Maybe that's what it is. Like, that's just who naturally comes to my head, because I was so obsessed with that growing up. Like, I would Mm -hmm. rent it from the library every week. Like, they should have just gave it to me. Okay. They had not been long together before Darcy told her that Bingley was also coming to wait on her. And she had barely time to express her satisfaction and prepare for such a visitor when Bingley's quick step was heard on the stairs, and in a moment he entered the room. All Elizabeth's anger against him had been long done away, but had she still felt any, it could hardly have stood its ground against the unaffected cordiality with which he expressed himself on seeing her again. He inquired in a friendly, though general way after her family, and looked and spoke with the same good-humored ease that he had, do- he had ever done. Does he ever know not to be of good humor? 
Like, I can't imagine I, him. I know, I know. I just felt so, oh, is this what I, what the, I wrote? Feel so bad for, yes, okay, feel so bad for Bingley that I actually got teary-eyed. Well, can you imagine if Elizabeth didn't know and then she met him? She probably would have been like, because we, we've said it, Lizzie can't keep her mouth shut. No. She'd probably been like, what's your deal, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he would have been, been like, like, what are you talking what? about? <laughs> but this whole thing is so sad. You know what? To paraphrase Mrs. Bennett, what's the sad business of James? It's like, this is like, I mean, you know, it's really fucked up. Like, you're taking away people's happiness. The gardeners are really happy to see him because they really wanted to know what he was like. And then I wrote, they also watched Darcy and Lizzie. Because it says, to Mr. and Mrs. Gardner, he was scarcely a less interesting personage than to herself. They had long wished to see him. The whole party before them, indeed, excited a lively attention. The suspicions which had just arisen of Mr. Darcy and their niece directed their observation towards each with the earnest, though guarded, inquiry. So, yeah. It's all making sense now. Like, the gardeners are like, ooh, we get to meet Bingley, and we get to watch Darcy. They get and all the Lizzie. tea. Yeah, they're, like, soaking it all in. And, like, everybody just wanted to make everybody happy. Like, yes. everybody, like, Georgiana was eager. Darcy was determined. Like, they, they wanted, like, they wanted to like Lizzie. They, like, everybody wanted Lizzie and Georgiana to get along. And yeah. So it was yeah. all like positive thoughts. There was no Bingley sisters there to try to create sabotage. negativity and yeah, sabotage. At least yet. Whatever. They don't get away with it anyhow. No, they don't. They I... really sabotage in themselves. And I'm gonna talk about that when we get to it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, 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 and this is another thing that maybe all like bah, 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 bah. Elizabeth was pleased to find his memory, Bingley, so exact. And he afterwards took occasion to ask her, when unattended to by any of the rest, whether all her sisters were at Longbourn. There was not much in the question, nor in the preceding remark, but there was a look and a matter which gave them meaning. Poor Charles. Just, I just feel for the guy. And this, Darcy, is why we're not 100% okay with you. No. We love poorly you. Done. Poorly, do poorly done. Poorly done. Poorly done. Shoot, we're here rooting for your happiness. Meanwhile, you freaking screwed over Bingley. Yeah, get on that shit, and that, and that's, Miss William. That's also what was so freaking confusing. Probably, I'm assuming, just guessing. When I was 14 years old. Like, yeah. Wait a second. Like, what's going on? Plus, okay, let's talk about this for a minute. He left in May. Right. It is now what July. Yeah. Why the hell didn't you go tell your boy? That you were an asshole and that he needs to go get Jane. Because he still thinks that. No. No. You're right. Is it July? I mean, it doesn't matter how much time passed. I think it's passed. July. It doesn't matter how much time passed because as soon as he left. His ass should have been over there talking to Charles. Yes. Unless he wasn't going straight to town to talk to Charles or have any business with Charles. But it seems like they're attached at the hip. So, yes. Yes. You're right. He's still I'm a bad drunk friend. And I'm mad. Jeez, that's not a good combo, y'all. <laughs> okay. Not a good combo. At least we're not in the streets of New York and you're you're at home. Okay. In Pennsylvania. All right. You are absolutely right. 
Or, okay, let's continue this thought process here because that could have been scenario one. Scenario two could have been that he did tell Bingley, right? Okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt, Bingley, being Bingley, I feel like he wouldn't reach out because so much time has passed by, it would be inappropriate to. But he's taking this opportunity to ask if all the sisters are still at Longbourn, which for those of you who do not understand, that means, AKA, did any of them get married and move out, married and moved out? That's a valid point. Maybe he's testing out the waters. He is. He is. But Bingley's so like, Bingley is clueless. Let's just face the yeah. fact here. Like he's just like he's Mr. Mr. Happy Go Lucky. Like like he's not firm in anything. So for him to dare we say he's easily persuaded? Do you think that there was more persuasion even after the fact? <laughs> no, I'm not thinking that much about it. I just wanted to tie it into persuasion. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is that well, connection. Maybe. He well, well, you know what? Okay. You know, chapters ago, yes, he was persuaded. Yeah. <laughs> he let the people around him persuade him against his own best interest, just like Anne Elliot. Okay. And I, I, we I, say need, I need you. Floor? I need exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Did jump the gun a little bit because this is actually the part where they're like pretty sure that Darcy's in love with Elizabeth, but they're not sure if she's in love with him. Okay. And, oh, and Elizabeth also, everybody's watching everybody in this scenario because Elizabeth starts watching Charles and Miss Darcy to see if there's anything between them because that's what the the Bingley sisters want. She cannot be deceived as to his behavior to Miss Darcy, who had been set up as a rival of Jane. No look appeared on either side that spoke particular regard. Yeah, which we all could have told her, but she just had to see it for herself. She doesn't want to listen to us. This, like, coming to see them ends up being for like over a half an hour which is like a very high praise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find that so fascinating to to this day because like and you mentioned this some time ago in the podcast the longer you are with them the more the less formal it is you know what I'm saying like they're comfortable with just with You're, each other and the yeah. time you know each the, other yeah, and the time of the call. In this case, I can't remember. Is this the appropriate time for a call or not? But the fact that they were there for so long speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what time of day it is because I know she arrived in the morning and she pretty much came over. I think they had like a meal. She probably changed. How they got time for all of that, but okay. I know. Yeah, so it was a great honor that they came and stayed for over a half an hour. So they all decide that they're going to have dinner at Pemberley the next day. Oh, no, wait, not the next day, the day after the next. Mm-hmm. They like to do that. It's the day after the next. Give people some time to, you know, miss each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to be too thirsty. Yeah. But this next part was interesting because, so they all leave, and it turns out that Wickham has not a very good reputation in the town. They find out that he left town with many debts and that Mr. Darcy had to pay off the debts. 
With respect to Wickham, the travelers soon found that he was not held there in much esteem, for though the chief of his concerns with the son of his patron were imperfectly understood, it was yet a well-known fact that on his quitting Derbyshire, he left many debts behind him with Mr. Darcy afterwards discharged. And just before that (laughs) paragraph, the town does think highly of Mr. Darcy. Because he wouldn't. He has to be perfect. She's Louise. But then the paragraph after the Wickham mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. Lizzie is torturing herself. She spent the whole evening overthinking everything. She couldn't sleep. So she, she lay awake two whole hours. I feel you, Lizzie. That's me every night. I'm not analyzing Darcy's feelings, but. I, maybe you should start. Maybe that'll help yeah. you fall asleep. Or maybe it Has won't. sweet dreams. But yeah, she's thinking about like everything he says, like what his feelings are, what her feelings are. She's like a mess. Mm-hmm. And then enter the next day, her and Mrs. Gardner decide that since they were given such a great honor that they wanted to go the next day to visit Pemberley and yeah. meet with Miss Georgiana the next morning. And then the men had decided that they were going to go fishing that morning. So it worked out well. The men would go fishing and then her and her aunt would go visit with Miss Georgiana. Could I just interject for a second? Not for more than a second because I want to read this. Because this is where she's just like. I'm trying to move it along, but I love it. In her thinking, like about Darcy, gratitude not merely for having once loved her, but for loving her still well enough to forgive all the petulance and acrimony of her manner in rejecting him and all the in- unjust accusations accompanying her rejection. He, who she had been persuaded, would avoid her as his greatest enemy, seemed on this accidental meeting most eager to preserve the acquaintance and without any indelicate display of regard or any peculiarity of manner where their two selves only were concerned, was soliciting the good opinion of her friends and bent on making her known to his sister. This man. I'm so torn because I am still mad at him about Jane, but mm, this man. But, you know, like, in knowing that he messed up, right? Yeah. There's that hope that he's going to correct the situation. Yeah. Wait a second, Heather. I think we did get ahead of ourselves. I think we forgot something. What did we forget? Not here in a future chapter is when he says to Lizzie that he told Bingley and it was like around that time. So he still wasn't regretful of what he did, even knowing that Jane did have feelings for him. So he still is in the doghouse right now. Okay. So unless I'm mixing it up with the miniseries. We'll find out. Okay. We'll find out. find out. But as far as we know, he has not talked to Charles. Right. At this point. Right. Right. And in my note, real quick for this page where I just read this, I put, she wants him to propose again with a question mark. Why did I write that? Because She's got so much going on. She that does. She, she does. probably does have that. Uh, okay. I found it. Moment, but would probably freak out. 
She respected and she esteemed. She was grateful to him. She felt a real interest in his welfare. And she only wanted to know how far she wished that welfare to depend upon herself and how far it would be for the happiness of both that she should employ the power, which her fancy told her she still possessed, of bringing on the renewal of his addresses. Ooh. So I was like, damn, girl, she wants him to be dependent on her, his happiness to be dependent on her, or she fulfilling that happiness or whatever the fuck it was that she's trying to say here, and the renewal of his addresses to be brought back again. I was like, damn, girl, that's why I should have put down here hook, line, sinker again. Like, she's not realized. And this is when I wonder, when the hell did she really fall for him? And I mentioned it before, if it wasn't for him being so, pr- uh, what is it, proud, quote unquote, then they would have been done, been together. Yeah. But she felt, she must have felt an attraction to him. Like, she wouldn't be so, like, wanting to know so much about him and then trash talking him if there wasn't something already there. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. I interrupted you. I am so sorry. So we were talking about how they go. You didn't, because I was just going to say, like, we made it halfway through. Two chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And off we go to Pemberley. Lord have mercy. So now we're chapter 45 or volume three, chapter three. Yeah. Oh boy, that's all I can. Oh, yeah. That's all I can say. Oh boy, like this whole situation here. Mm-mm. Oh, this chapter is funny because this is where Caroline is her own worst enemy. She's such a fucking bitch. <laughs> but you know what? Her comeuppance are coming up. Love it. Yeah. Love so it, love, it, love it. This chapter starts off with Lizzie realizing that Caroline was jealous of her, and that's why she was acting the way yes. she acts. Yes. Which it's the that first takes line. a lot of power. Yeah, that takes a lot of power out of the situation when you realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts off with convinced as Elizabeth now was that Miss Bingley's dislike of her had originated in jealousy. She could not help feeling how very unwelcome her appearance at Pemberley must be to her and was curious to know with how much civility on that lady's side of the side, the acquaintance would now be renewed. Because they come in. They come in, Miss Bingley. You don't like it, but they're coming. Exactly. And it's not your house. You can't yeah. say we're not here or whatever. You did. Like, she has no say in anything whatsoever. Yeah. She's a guest. Yeah. So they arrive at Pemberley, and they're received by Miss Georgiana Darcy. And Miss Bingley is there, and Mrs. Hurst is there. And then also Miss Ansley is there as well, who would be Miss Darcy's companion. She is a genteel, agreeable-looking woman whose endeavor to introduce some kind of discourse proved her to be more truly well-bred than either of the others, a.k.a. Ms. Bingley and Mrs. Hurst, because they're so fucking snotty, snooty, I should say, that they can't even start a conversation. They cannot be civil. So let's see. There's in the room, there's Elizabeth, her aunt, and then Miss Darcy, Miss Ansley, and then Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst. So there's six people in the room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there away from everybody else, being snooty little bitches. Mm-hmm. And Miss Bingley is watching Elizabeth like a hawk. Mm-hmm. She sure jealous. is. Let's let me just backtrack a little bit before yeah, I start going backtrack. like all like Ms. because Darcy. Yes, she's trying so hard. She's so shy. She's she meant really to wants- be. 
the the woman of the house because there isn't like a mom Darcy or whatever, right? She's supposed to be the the lady of the house. But she's not is it do you think that she's not comfortable? She's not used to being in that role like or it's just her personality is simply she's shy and she just can't it but but this is the thing. Is it because she does need Darcy around or is it because Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst is around and she kind of feels some type of way about them which I'm hoping that that's what it is. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I read it where she obviously knows it's important to her brother that she get along with Elizabeth. So she's shy, and on top of that, she's very nervous about this situation. Like, so she's she just keeps being quiet and stuff like that. And Miss mm-hmm. Ansley keeps giving her looks to be like, "You need to do this. You're the hostess. You need to do that. You're the hostess." Now, do you think she is nervous about the situation? Like, what what situation is in your brain? Which situation are you thinking? I'm just thinking like she can sense what her brother's feeling. She's not a fool. And he was, he very much probably communicated that it was really important that she meet Elizabeth and he probably had a lot of expectations and said a lot of things to make her be like, you guys are going to be great friends. You'll really get along, yada, yada, yada. So that's just like a lot of pressure for someone that young. And then you got those bitches in the corner. Yes. But you got me thinking. She knows that Darcy has feelings for Lizzie. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he told her. He Is couldn't she not blind? tell her. He probably didn't even say it. He probably just... No, he totally told her. Because why is this... Totally... Yeah, because she wants to meet him. I mean, meet yeah, her. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's what, that's what he said, Maybe, right? you know There's what? someone who wants to make your acquaintance or some, some not something like that. Very much wants to make your acquaintance, yeah. They're pro- yeah, you're probably right, because I'm not giving him enough credit, because they lost their parents, and they're really all that, th- that each other has. So he probably uses her... To the extent that he can, because of their age difference, as a confidant. And also, and trust yeah, and, and, and vice versa. Yeah. Because if not, she would be married to Wickham right now. Yeah, they've been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. But I'm wondering, she knows, like I said, Darcy has feelings for Lizzie. Does she know, because it's very obvious, that Miss Bingley has feelings too and that makes the whole situation awkward more so like she's shy boom okay that's just the way she is that's her personality now she has to like what you said you know be the lady of the house talk to lizzie it's important for darcy that they get together and then you have i'm gonna be very disgusting here twat number one and twat number two (laughs) just messing up the whole entire flow her knowing well that Miss Bingley has a thing for Darcy. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. She does. She did she did well considering. She, she did. didn't speak. <laughs> she didn't speak a lot. <laughs> well, she's the you Good gotta remember you. too. She's Good sixteen years old. She's the youngest out of all of them. It's like this is a lot of pressure for someone who's sixteen yeah. to be the lady of the house. Really? Lizzie's- you gotta manage everything. Lizzie's the next in age, and Lizzie's four years older than her. Lord. Please. But I wanted to point out, so one of the things that Miss Ansley is, like, keeps nodding her head and, like, being like, Mm-mm-mm. you got to <laughs> do this, is that they end up serving this food. Mm-hmm. And this is a cra- this is kind of crazy because, okay, so the next variation, which their visit afforded, was produced by the entrance of servants with cold meat, cakes, and a variety of all the finest fruits in season. Like, 
that's a lot to just like serve people like fruits and vegetables and meats and all that. That, I, I don't, That shows their wealth. Do you think that's like just whatever they serve? That's that, their normal yes, stuff? I think you so. Don't, so that might even be more like, damn, look at their wealth. Like they're not trying to show off. That's just what they serve. I, I think so. I do have an asterisk. Ooh. So let's see what we it like says. A good asterisk. Yes. Pyramid of great. So let me just read that last sentence. So people are not like, what are you talking about? There was now employment for the whole party. And in, in terms of that, you know, just for them to talk, right? For though they could not talk, all talk, they could all eat. And the beautiful pyramids of grapes, nectarines, and peaches soon collected them round the table, which is the summer fruits demonstrate the skills of the gardeners at Pemberley, who must have cultivated them in the greenhouses on the estate. Pyramids were fashionable centerpieces of the dining tables in this period, as Maria Edgeworth depicts ironically in The Absentee, Chapter 6. Okay. Yeah, so they had all that on that estate. Like, they got orchards, they got greenhouses. Right after the fruit. (laughs) Da-da-da! Mr. D. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it, because that's what I wrote. I put, she loves... Mr. D, and he loves her still. (laughs) I love it. While thus engaged, Elizabeth had a fair opportunity of deciding whether she most feared or wished for the appearance of Mr. Darcy by the feelings which prevailed on his entering the room. And then, though but a moment before she had believed her wishes to to predominate, she began to regret that he came. Again, she continues to be a hot mess. She can't figure it out. She's like, what do I want? But meanwhile, he's fishing, finds out she's at the house and is like, peace. And he runs over to the house. He he left. He was like, what? My woman is there? Oh, my goodness. I'll see y'all later. Enjoy the fish. (laughs) Like, that seems so crazy to me that he would just be like, Oh, I'm entertaining you gentlemen. All right, uh, I'll see you later. I'm going to go check out the ladies. <laughs> Make sure everything's okay at home. Like, you would he, think he would, like, try to convince them, like, oh, let's go have, like. He, do- he, he ain't got no time. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> this is a precarious situation. I got to go. If you guys want to follow me, that's up to you. No, <laughs> no, no hurt feelings. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love Darcy so much. Oh my gosh. This is like, this is another moment where I would love to like be in his head. Yes. Oh, 100%. Oh my goodness. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. But this is where I was like, like I wrote down that Miss B is her own worst enemy. Yes. Because let me see what chapter this is. Oh, we're still in chapter, chapter 45. Three. Yeah, we haven't yes, gone anywhere. <laughs> We've only made it like six paragraphs in (laughs) all right so she goes oh this is such a bitch move but she doesn't even understand what a bitch she is pray miss eliza are not the uh blankshire militia removed from meriton they must be a great loss to your family in darcy's presence she dared not mention wickham's name but elizabeth instantly comprehended that he was Upmost in her thoughts, and the various recollections connected with him gave her a moment's distress. But exerting herself vigorously to repel the ill-natured attack, she presently answers the question in a tolerable, disengaged tone. 
While she spoke, an involuntary glance showed her Darcy with a heightened complexion earnestly looking at her and his sister overcome with confusion and unable to lift her eyes. Had Miss Bingley known what pain she was then giving her beloved friend, she undoubtedly would have refrained from the hint, but she had merely intended to discompose Elizabeth by bringing forward the idea of a man to whom she believed her partial to make her betray a sensibility which might injure her in Darcy's opinion and perhaps to remind the latter of all the follies and absurdities by which some part of her family were connected to the core. Like, I just, I was, I was like beating her up. And I, I, like I know, I, I kept like looking up and <laughs> seeing like all these movements. <laughs> I, she, like, what the hell? Okay, so a lot of things are going on here because of yeah. the fact that she is potentially unintentionally causing hurt to Miss Darcy. Mm-hmm. And I, and I made an, and the reason why I say that is because I made a note asking myself is, if Miss Darcy's reaction is because she knew which regiment Mr. Wickham was in. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm 100% sure. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they mention like he may have been with the regiment like a couple of years and this situation happened probably like around the time that he would have gone to the regiment I don't know. Well, probably, but it wasn't a couple of years because what 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 went down with it was a year. Miss Darcy was the year before. It was the summer before, and he, I think, joined the regiment right after that, if not right around that time. Like that was probably his escape from that situation. That's what I'm thinking too, and I wonder if he told her. I just feel like, but Miss Bingley and Mrs. Hurst might have told her inadvertently because they know that. Mr. Wickham is connected to them. So they might have said, oh, we ran into that Mr. Wickham guy at some point. So she knows. But what will, regardless, what would she would know. Been, what would have been the point in it knowing, like, they know that the relationship with Darcy isn't good. So why even bring it up to Miss Darcy? I mean, maybe they wouldn't, but they might just say it in passing when they're talking about, like, what happened, what what they were doing and whatnot. Now that you say, like, they're discussing what happened, like, how often did they have conversations with Miss Darcy and what about? Probably a lot. Sounded like they were kind of traveling together in London and... And how genuinely do they actually like her? Because they're so fucking fake. Yeah. Bitches. Because you would think it would be genuine, but like, yeah, who knows? You You can't can't, believe anything they say. You cannot trust them. They'll they be like nice. you as long as they help, they can help you. And as long as they can get some money out of you? Or something. Like Caroline wants Darcy. So anything that she would do nice for Miss uh, Darcy would be to uh, assist with her ultimate goal of either Charles getting Miss Darcy or her getting Mr. Darcy. She's just a freaking mess. It's what you said. She's sabotaging herself. Yeah. Yeah. And what and at some point I don't remember where but Elizabeth was like she's not like at the point of desperation. This uh, th- this is the point of desperation in my opinion. Yeah. Well, but I think this is where she said she isn't um uh I thought she said it somewhere here. She she says it. I just don't remember yeah. where. But but it might you have would been disagree. Before, but if if it was 
before then it, it doesn't even matter yeah. like she she like she is going all out to make elizabeth look like she's horrible yeah dude but, dude yeah dude but then it goes like, on it goes on she's not even done Oh my god. Okay, keep on. Keep on. Yeah. Keep on. Because then later on, like it says their visit did not continue long after the question and answered above mentioned. And while Mr. Darcy was attending them to their carriage, Miss Bingley was venting her feelings and criticisms on Elizabeth's person, behavior, and dress. But Georgiana would not join in. Her brother's recommendation was enough to ensure her favor. His judgment could not err and he had spoken in such terms of elizabeth as to leave georgiana without the power of finding her otherwise than lovely and amiable but then when darcy returned to the salon miss bingley could not help repeating him some part of what she had been saying to his sister how very ill liza bennett looks this morning mr darcy she cried i never in my life saw anyone so much altered as she's been since the winter she has grown so brown and coarse louisa and i were agreeing that we should not have known her again she keeps going on for my own part she rejoined i must confess that i never could see any beauty in her her face is too thin her complexion has no brilliancy and her features are not at all handsome her nose wants character there is nothing marked in its lines her teeth are tolerable but not as not out of the common way and her eyes which i have sometimes been called fine i never could perceive anything extraordinary in them they have a sharp shrewish look which i do not like at all and her air altogether there is a self-sufficiency without fashion which is intolerable and then oh she keeps going up <laughs> she goes she goes, I remember when you first saw in Herefordshire how amazed we were to find that she was a reputed beauty. And I particularly recollect your saying one night after they had been dining at Netherfield, she a beauty, I should soon call her mother a wit. But afterwards, she seemed to improve on you. And I believe you thought her rather pretty at one time. And then Darcy, I wrote, Darcy gives the mic drop and then leaves. <laughs> He does. He goes. Yes, replied Darcy. He could not contain himself. Who could contain himself no longer? But that was only when I first knew her, for it is many months since I have considered her one of the handsomest women of my acquaintance. He then went away, and Miss Bingley was left to all the satisfaction of having forced him to say what gave no one pain but herself. Stupid bitch. Like, what is wrong with you, lady? She like just, she just couldn't take it anymore. This is this is her, you know, imploding. So I know we disagreed on this last week because I wanted to acknowledge that Mr. Collins had feelings for a hot minute. Caroline does not have any redeeming qualities. She does not. She does not. You see, but Mr. Collins and Ms. Bingley are on two completely different levels. Like Mr. Collins yeah. is just simply clueless. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he 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 likes to be That's close true. to people who are rich, but he's not, at least from what we saw, right? Talking shit about people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he's just like, oh, you're not good enough for me. Okay. He's not gonna stop talking to you. He's not gonna talk shit about you. But he'll probably be like, okay, whatever. But this one, on the other hand, she's willing to talk shit about everybody. And as you said, she's new money. So who really gave her the right to be talking about people the way she's talking about people? Yeah, like your shit don't smell like roses. Not to be crude, but yeah, I've been crude all night. (laughs) <laughs> she's conniving she really she really is yeah. and i uh, see you have to and this is the thing about 
Jane Austen, and I'm pretty sure you've said this in the past, like she just shows a range of people, man. You see so many different personalities. Yeah. She's been able to capture varying personalities. Tell me you have not met someone like any of these individuals in your life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I have an asterisk. Oh, yeah. We love it. And this is about she is she has grown so brown and coarse. So let's see what they have to say. Pale complexions were fashionable for women, but Elizabeth's suntan reflects her disregard for constricting fashions and her enjoyment of being outdoors. It goes into like the lighter skin tone, the the it's colorism. It goes, yeah, and like it ties in with class too, like your wealth, because the wealthier you are, the less likely you have to be to be out in the outdoors. elements. Mm-hmm. Or if you are outside, you're in like a canopy or you have an umbrella or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Someone fanning you. Yeah. Feeding you grapes. Chapter 46 or volume three, chapter four. Oh boy, y'all. Lizzie, let's just cut to, we're going to cut to it. Lizzie gets two letters from Jane and she, they're about to go for a walk. So the gardeners go and leave her so she can read her letters from Jane and Ma'am, was she not expecting them? They were delayed. The, the, they they were remarkably yeah. ill. The direction was remarkably ill, which means that it was yeah. the address was written very badly. So they were like five days old at this point, I think they were. That seems about right. Yeah. Letter one is just like she starts to talk about what's going on. It's a normal letter. But then... How about this? Lydia and Wickham decided to... They left Brighton. And they headed towards, presumably, hopefully, Gretna Green, which is in Scotland, Scotland. where people can get married without... Well, it's the first town. I think I I had to fact check this. But the reason why people would go to live in Gretna Green is it was like one of the first towns you would come upon when you went over the Scottish border. Okay. Do you have an asterisk? I have an asterisk. I don't know if it was for that sense, for whatever sentence, but okay. So... um, because they keep talking about hackney horses and chase and where you'd get dropped off and transferred to another chase and blah blah blah. Yeah. Wickham has brought Lydia from Epsom in Surrey by chase, but once in Clapham on the south side of London, they take seats in a public hackney coach and carry on into the city. Colonel Forster continues through London on the assumption that the couple are traveling to Scotland to get married, but finds no trace of them at the obvious stopping point near uh, north of london hackney coaches were generally regarded as a rather sordid means of transport and were often battered secondhand vehicles now and then okay so the thing about i think they were like taxis yes yes yeah that's what i've got the hacking coaches are like taxis and the thing about gone off to scotland okay eloped to Scotland, where the laws governing marriage did not require the couple to be resident in the parish for a number of weeks prior to the ceremony. Yeah, because I believe at the time you had to go to church for like three weeks and it had to be announced that you were going to be married each week. And when they talk about a special license, that would be to alleviate that part of it. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm pulling this right out of my ass right now. That's okay. There's a lot going on right now and we're pressed in time. So forgive us, everyone. But yeah, but basically they peace Um, out of Brighton and they, everybody thinks they're going to Gretna Green to elope because Lydia left Mrs. Foster a note kind of saying that. 
many circumstances might make it more eligible for them to be married privately in town than to pursue their first plan, which is going to Gretna Green. And there's an asterisk there. So getting married privately in town is quickly private marriages could be arranged by special license. Although the Marriage Act of 1753 had been designed to prevent clandestine marriages and therefore required that the bans of marriage be read in church before the wedding and that those under 21 under the age of 21 must have parental consent why ain't that a general thing here the purchase of a bishop's license still allowed for private ceremonies for those who could afford one so you'd have to get permission from the bishop basically that or pay sense. him a lot of money which yeah also so colonel foster tracked them to london but, but no couldn't further. find them yeah so they're like are they getting married? Like, what's going on? And it is very, very ill repute to not be married. It's a, yeah. what, what, she, what what Lydia did and what Wickham did was fucked up because that's not something that you do back in the day. Okay, you just yeah. don't like disappear out of nowhere. I mean, she's dumb, but like this takes it to a whole new level. It does. It really does. Yeah. And how much? And that again, brings up the question: How naive is she? Yeah. Like, did her parents not raise her well enough to have any self-respect? That is not something that you do. So so this is on Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. Or maybe it's not. But knowing them, yes, this is is on them. It is on them. It's on them. It's on the Fosters. It's on Lydia because she has to take some responsibility. It's also on Kitty because it does note that it says, to Kitty, however, it does not seem wholly unexpected so like Kitty knew something was up mm-hmm. and just also, wasn't saying anything. Also, poor Kitty has anger for having concealed their attachment. Yeah, that's true. But as it was a matter of confidence, one cannot wonder. Yeah, like like Kitty. Also, like, oh, oh. I'm going to throw Denny on the bus here too. I want to yes. know what the hell Denny was thinking because it says that mm-hmm. though Lydia's short letter to Mrs. F gave them to understand that they were going to Gretna Green, something was dropped by Denny expressing his belief that W never intended to go there or marry Lydia at all, mm-hmm. which was then repeated to Colonel F. When was it repeated? Just after they left? Like, come on now. It must be because like... it says, who instantly taking alarm set off from B. So, like, Denny expressed something... And that was repeated. So Denny didn't even say anything. Denny said something to somebody who then went to Colonel Foster and was like, yo, like, this is not an elopement. Like, he doesn't intend to marry her. You think so? I would have thought he would have said something. I mean, it's it's actually too late. But then again, like, maybe... Okay, I'm trying to Something give... was dropped by Denny expressing his belief, blah, 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 which was repeated to Colonel F. That makes it sound uh... like he said it to somebody else. Because at first, I thought he said it to Colonel Foster. That's that's how I read it. But rereading it, I'm like, no, it sounds like he said it to somebody else. Regardless, he said it too late. But... But, okay. It sounds and, and like, this yeah. is Okay, this is where I'm going to be devil's advocate here with Denny. Because it may be that... Wickham said it to Denny literally just before they left and Denny and someone was like oh where's Wickham going oh he went over here and then a whole ruckus and this person was privy to Colonel Forster asking questions and was like oh this is what I heard from Denny because maybe Denny wasn't around maybe Denny was elsewhere or he didn't believe Wickham and then afterwards when it was too late I just want I need to talk to Denny 
I, what you up to? What's going on? Why are you I, hanging out with this fool? Yes, like, he's been with him long enough. He hasn't, and they're such close confidants. Like, you haven't thought about anything that he said as being fishy? Yeah, something sus. Colonel Foster is off to London looking for them. Jane says that the father and going um, to London with, with Colonel Carter instantly to try to discover her. What he means to do, as I am sure I know not, but his excessive distress will not allow him to pursue any measure in the best and safest way. So she really wants their uncle, Mr. Gardner, yeah. to go and help. Yeah, she wouldn't ask, but she's asking. Also, Colonel Foster went, but we have to remember this letter is five days old. She references that he has to be back the day after tomorrow mm-hmm. to Brighton. So at this point, Mr. Bennett is the only one in London. So he's mad as hell, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And he's he's after Wickham and he's all by himself. And, so there's nobody you there know what? to like, he's in London. He doesn't know anything about London. Like yeah. you never hear about him going to London. He's so he doesn't no know. Interest. He he doesn't know where to look. He doesn't yeah. have contacts. He doesn't have connections. If he did used to go to London, it was probably when he was much younger. Right. Like, yeah, he doesn't go there at all. And so, yeah, so Mr. Gardner's from London, so he's a lot more useful. Uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So Jane is basically like, please, you guys need to come right away. They agree to it. But before they agree to it, someone yeah. else comes to see Lizzie because yeah, he can't because... help himself. Lizzie goes, where is it? She goes, oh, where? Where is my uncle? Elizabeth cries. And then she darts from her seat. And as she's going to open the door, a servant opens the door and enter Mr. Darcy. And uh, she goes, I beg your pardon, but I must leave you. I must find Mr. Gardner this moment on business that cannot be delayed. I have not an instant to lose. And he goes, good God, what is the matter? He cries with more feeling than politeness. Then recollecting himself, I will not detain you a minute, but let me or let the servant go after Mr. and Mrs. Gardner. You are not well enough. You cannot go yourself. Because she's like shaking. She's like beyond. She's about to faint. Yeah. She's just like can't believe what's happening. She's almost unintelligible. Yeah. And he's like just trying to calm her down, like do whatever he can. She bursts into tears. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she just tells everything. Yeah, because she's basically like, there, there's no way we can hide this. I might as well tell you, like, what's going on. And he's just like, and then she's beating herself up, being like, she knew I about knew, him. like, if I could have stopped this, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, I am grieved indeed, grieved, shocked. But is it certain? Absolutely certain. Oh, yes, they left Brighton together on Sunday night. And they were traced almost to London, but not beyond. They are certainly not gone to Scotland. And so he's like, what's been done? Like, he's like, (laughs) because, you know, I mean, he's a man of little words, but, you know, like, as he's pacing back and forth, he's beating himself up just as much (laughs) as she is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she just goes on for, like, a couple of pages. (laughs) She does go on for a couple of pages, and she thinks that he is thinking, like, He's thinking he really lucked out that they're not engaged or married. We're not right good. Now. We're not good. She's thinking, oh, he's like, thank God, like she turned me down because this is like not a situation I want myself or my sister associated with. Exactly. That's what I think is going on in her head. But yes, that he's that, thinking, yes, 
but he's actually thinking like, oh my gosh, I got to fix this. What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. No, no, that is exactly how I read it. So I think we're on point here. Yeah. I think we are. Uh, but um, yeah, he brings up at one point he goes, I'm afraid you have been long desiring my absence, nor have I anything to plead in excuse of my stay, but real though unavailing concern would to heaven that anything could be either said or done on my part that might offer consolation to such distress. But I will not torment you in, with vain wishes, which may seem purposeful to ask for your thanks. This unfortunate affair, affair will, I fear, prevent my sister having the pleasure of seeing you at Pemberley today. And she's like, oh, yes, be kind as to apologize for Miss Darcy. Say that urgent business calls us home immediately. Conceal the unhappy truth as long as it is possible. I know it cannot be long. And so then he ends up leaving. And I, she... I mean, I totally get why she's like, oh, my God, like this has like ruined any chance I have with him. Exactly. Because he keeps he keeps it close. The he, man's got a lot inside, but he keeps it close. He is. He's very, yeah, he's a man who doesn't speak speak on feelings whatsoever mm-hmm. ay, ay, ay. and so dear Lydia Lydia's infamy must produce found additional anguish as she reflected on that wretched business oh Lydia 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 how Lydia could ever have attached him had appeared incomprehensible I completely agree she's not ma- she, yeah. she, she doesn't have any money like what was he thinking being the adult between the two what was he thinking what could she have possibly done how could she have filled his head so much that they ran away the only thing i could think of is that he knew that he his time with the militia was going to be short-lived we'll find out a little later what was going on with that and he was just like oh this little young thing wants to like fancy she's wants to be with me like Let's take off and I'll uh, use her and abuse her as much as I can until I drop her in the gutter because he's a jerk. That's horrible. But uh, we we find out later about the militia. I don't remember this, so I can't wait to keep reading. Yeah, like we'll find out some stuff that's going on in Brighton. Okay. Yeah. But this is at like, least from is, what I remember. This is a man <laughs> who I feel like he needs a therapist. Like he just cannot help himself. He's perpetually over and over and over again doing stupid mm-hmm. shit that he don't need to be yeah. doing. He has a problem. He has an addiction, it seems yeah. like. He's got something. He sure does. Yeah, but he's not thinking about her. He has no intention. I never no. in a million years thought that he had any intention to marry her or do anything that would be beneficial to her. Never. He just wants somebody to sleep with until he can't get away with it any longer and then he'll just drop her and and that would be immediately because mm-hmm. she's annoying as fuck and mm-hmm. she has no money so what, what what's he doing what's he doing it would make more sense with miss king because she yeah. has money to spend but they just saved her get it she saved herself big time. No, someone saved her. Yeah, I don't whoever think, I don't think she away. realized it. I don't think she realized it. She was really lucky, it turned out. I'm sure. Unless your theory of her being pregnant. I like that theory. I like that theory. Who knows? He's probably impregnated. God knows how many individuals. Yeah. You know? Please. He's too much. So the gardeners come back. And, oh, one thing I wanted to point out, though, is 
There's a paragraph. She never perceived while the regiment was in Hertfordshire that Lydia had any particularity for him, but she was so convinced that Lydia had wanted only encouragement to attach herself to anybody. Sometimes one officer, sometimes another, had been her favorite at as their attentions raised them in her opinion, her affections had been continuously fluctuating, but never without an object. The mischiefs of neglect and mistaken indulgence towards such a girl. Oh, how acutely did she now feel it? So, yeah, like, they were totally caught off guard because Lydia is just so, like, I think we talked about it at one point. There was, like, an officer. I can't even remember his name. There was an officer that we don't actually meet that she was obsessed with and then she mm-hmm. was obsessed with Denny and then mm-hmm. it's like every new sparkle that comes along she's obsessed yeah. with them. Yeah. Just dangles um, something shiny yeah. in front of her and she's off. Yeah. Uh but then the gardeners come back and they they're like, what is happening? Because they just got called from the servant. They didn't know like did Lizzie get sick? What's going on? So she ends up reading the letters to them and they're all like, Yep, we gotta go. They're gone within the hour. And, uh, but Mrs. Gardner does say, but what will be done about Pemberley? Cried Mrs. Gardner. John told us Mr. Darcy was here when you sent for us. Was it so? Yes. And I told him we would not be able to keep our engagement. That is all settled. What is all settled? Repeated the other as she ran into her room to prepare. And are they upon such terms as for her to disclose the real truth? Oh, that I knew how it was. She's like, what happened she's before still we thinking. got here? She's still, she's still thinking, like, is there something yeah. between them? Or rather, how does Elizabeth really feel? Like, does she yeah. care about him so much that she's divulging the truth? But before all of that, it says here, which, like, kind of, like, tickles me or and, and surprises me at the same time about Mr. and Mrs. Gardner. Though Lydia had never been a favorite with them, Mr. and Mrs. Gardner could not but be deeply affected. And they are affected yeah. by extension. Oh, yeah. Aren't it they? Is, well, it, it affects the whole family. Them. Yeah. So even if they hated Lydia, like it still impacts the whole family's reputation. But yeah, I mean, Jane and Lizzie are obviously like their favorites, but they're still going to care if something happens to their niece. They do. I just... They're really good people. They are. I just smart. don't understand what Lydia was thinking. Like, but she's so self-absorbed, she wouldn't be thinking. That's the million-dollar question, Gracie. Is she naive or not naive? Answer that question on our Instagram. Gavin yeah. Podcast. Do you have any final thoughts? I do not have any final I, thoughts. Yeah. I can't wait for the next part. It's getting real juicy, folks. It really is. But yeah, let us know. Go on Instagram, like and follow us. Let us know, is Lydia naive or not naive? So on Instagram, Gavin Gavin Podcast. Check out our other episodes. We're on all the major platforms where podcasts can be found. Feel free to buy us a coffee. And in the meantime, come back for our next episode, which will be part nine. There's going to be one weekend where you're not going to hear us. And that's because we will be at Comic-Con. Yeah. But we'll be back. We'll, we'll get a break. Next week. And then we'll be back with another episode, hopefully. Yes. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to Gabbing. Gabbing. Good night, everybody. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing.